Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to Discover Podcast, where we discover Jesus in every single verse. Um, and we're super excited to just come back to the scriptures today. Uh, we are returning to Romans again, obviously, and uh, this time we're actually entering chapter 8. And this is actually an amazing, amazing chapter. I was actually running through this chapter before I uh, started this podcast, and uh, man, it's packed with so much stuff. So let's n- waste no time today. Let's just jump right into the scriptures. and Let's see what the Lord has for us today. All right, so we're going to chapter 8. Uh, verse 1 says, I, I think everyone knows, you know, the way this starts. Everyone has heard this verse so many times. But, man, as I was reading this entire chapter, there's so much that people don't understand. You know, there's like I said, there's so much context to just this single verse. Everyone just knows that there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. But there's so much content to really what does this really mean and how actually do we get here to this place of no condemnation so chapter 8 verse 1 says so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus two and because you belong to him the power of the living uh, sorry the living uh, sorry the living the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads you to death so remember we were talking about this in the previous chapter uh, the power of sin and how we, when we surrender to him, we are completely dead to sin simply because we are dead to the law and the law actually empowered sin in some way, shape or form. Uh, but then because we died to the law, we died to ourselves. We died with Christ, just like in the beginning of chapter six. Now we are no longer bound to the power of sin or the, uh, the power to the law. Now we live by grace, but by his resurrection, by his freedom, by his love, by what he has done, we are, we are finally living with him, right? So, I'm going to read this one more time. Chapter 2, uh, sorry, verse 2 says, And because you belong to him, simply because you belong to him, Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that led you to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. In other words, this, the law does not work here. There's no point of it. Not saying not to no longer obey it. It's saying that we can no longer follow it and expect life it says that the law of moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature in other words it cannot uh, the law will not let me not sin anymore it will not save me from the power of sin Um, if anything it will keep me under the power of sin because i'll just do my best and my hardest to not sin and that's when we fall into sin when we try so hard to not sin anymore that's what usually happens uh it continues saying so god did what the law could not do this is one of the most beautiful verses in this whole book he sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have and in that body god declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins in other words not by your works but you're free from the power of the sin because he has sent his son so i mean even though we understand that we're free and we're free of condemnation in the end, it's because we no longer are living in sin. In other words, he's giving us a recipe here to actually live free from sin itself. Yes, the condemnation of sin, but I'm I'm going to go deeper into the reality of actually falling into sin. Right? So so God did what the law could not do. Because what the law did just, it, it emphasized what sin was in my life. And because it's just activated sin in my life, I begin to sin. That's what Paul was saying in the previous chapter. It says, so God did what the law could not do. Um, he sent his own his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. Man, that's so amazing. He sent his son 
like the body that we sinners have, a sinful body, body that is controlled by our sinful nature, and yet he did not sin. He he who who became sin did not uh, commit sin. Um, and it continues it continues saying, and in that body, God declared. I love this. It, like in His body, in this body, by the sacrifice, by the cross, by the crucifixion. In that body that was beat to death, that was completely murdered for us, that same body that was disfigured on the cross, that same body, God declared an end to sin's control over us, over me, over you, by giving us His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. He gave Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, as a sacrifice for our sins. He did not commit any sins. We did. We have. And because of our sins, he gave his one and only son so we can be free from the power of sin. So we can be free from the power of sin. And it says, for he did this so that just so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. <laughs> so crazy. In other words, the completion of the law. The law says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Only one man on this world, on this world, in this world, sorry, on this earth has completed the law perfectly and peerlessly. That was just Jesus. This is why it says this. It says, um, he did this so that the just requirement, which was him living a sinless life of the law, living without sin, would be fully satisfied for us. In other words, his act of living without sin and then being sacrificed for us as a sinner that actually caused the completion of the law to be worked within us. If that makes sense. I'm not sure that, but that, that's the beautiful way to put it. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but uh, but instead follow the spirit. This is key to all that I just read. From the very beginning to this point, there's no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus, who belong in him. But here's something even greater. It says once again, I'm going to read this whole verse. But did this so, sorry, he did this so that uh, that just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful. No, it's saying, it's giving a specific type of people here. Uh, fully satisfied for us. Who's us? And it says, those who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. In other words, look, just because Jesus died for you doesn't mean you're free from sin. It means you are able to be free from sin. It means you have the ability to be free from sin, but it's not it. Just because he died for you doesn't mean you're free from sin. Because there, there's so much so much people who still fall into sin after the crucifixion and after receiving Christ as the Lord and Savior. Now, there's so many people that say, oh, I mean, it's because God's working with him. This and that. Well, I mean, this is the scripture. The scripture is telling me that I can be free from sin. This is why it's so important to read the scriptures. This is where you will find the power and the ability to be free from sin. The moment we disconnect from this, the moment we just feel like, oh man, like I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm being led by my own sinful nature. That's when we start no longer following the Spirit, and that's when we no longer are walking by grace, and that's when we disconnect by the ability to be free from sin. So listen, this is what this is what it's saying. Let me read that verse one more time because it's super powerful. He did this so that just the requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. For me and you, it, it was done for us. It was it was done for you and me. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the follow the spirit. We were talking about this last week. The ability to surrender to every surrender everything to God. This is how I mean. This is a common thread here. This is a common theme. 
the ones who surrender their lives are the ones who truly die with Christ and live with Christ. When we die to ourselves and we follow his instructions in our lives and we say, Lord, I just want you. I just want to be with you. I just want you to do what you want to do in my life. I, don't want to, I no longer want to live for myself. What you want in my life, I'll do it. This is how we live in Christ. When we follow him, we pick up our cross every day. We deny ourselves and we just follow him. This is what it means to be led by the Spirit. In Galatians, we see clearly that there's two forces in, within us that are at, at um, that they're you know they're at war with each other. You know, the flesh and the spirit. The flesh wants to do everything against what the spirit wants to do, and vice versa. The spirit wants to do something that the flesh doesn't want to do, and it's always at war. But those who live in the spirit, those who follow the spirit, those who are living in Him. Only by the Spirit we can live in this way. Obviously, by the crucifixion, the resurrection, just like we've been talking about since the very beginning. The ability, the ability to be free from our sinful nature and the ability to be free from sin only through His presence, only through Jesus Christ, only through the person of Jesus, this is possible. So we start to disconnect from Jesus. We start to live in the flesh. And in the flesh, that's when we start to do everything in our own abilities. But this is why it's so important to have communion, to have the Word itself, and to have the reality of Jesus Christ dying for me. And resurrecting for me. Because now I have grace wide open with me. And now I'm living in this. That's why it says those. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. In other words. I belong to him. I'm his. I gave my life to him. He owns me. It's his property. I'm his property. I was bought by the blood. But I gave myself to him. I gave him every single right to say. This is your life now. Not mine. Do as you will. This is what it means to belong to Jesus Christ. Everybody reads this verse and says, oh, cool, I'm free from condemnation. I can, you know, I can. This is true. We can come before the Father if we fall into sin. I'm not, I'm not taking that part out of this, of this picture. But it's very important. To, even in that moment, we still have to be led by the Spirit to go into that place. Because even then, if we're doing that in the, in the flesh, we'll be just condemned and just feel like we don't, we're not worthy. Like, this happens to all of us. If we fall into sin... It happens so many times where we just feel like we don't even belong or we don't even um, like we don't deserve God to 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 uh, to clear this condemnation or things like that. But it's only by the spirit that even we have the ability to actually run to our father. Obviously, he forgives. Obviously, he loves, but he desires us to remain in him and only in him. We can be truly free from condemnation. Because Even then we can no longer fall into sin. Being free from condemnation doesn't mean to sin and then no longer be condemned by it or have the, the guilty feeling after it. That's not what it's saying. It's condemnation means like I, I am wiped clean. I'm pure. Yeah, I give my life. If I fall into sin, I, I'm repenting. That's what it means. I'm running back to him because while we're in sin, we're not with him. That's just what happens. We can't say that God's with us when we're falling into sin. That's why it's up to me to say, Lord, I give you my life again. And that's when we no longer live in condemnation. Not by the act of no longer sinning, but running back to our Father. Always. So I'm going to keep going. Again, it says, for those who follow the Spirit, you know, not the sinful nature. Verse 5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those, sorry, for those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, Think about things that please the Spirit. So this, see how this is this, this is a theme that he's saying here. And it just 
concludes my point here. Just I'm gonna read it one more time. I'm just gonna let this. I'm gonna let the word speak. So those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the yeah, controlled. There's a word right there that just says it. Controlled. In other words, he tells me what to do. Controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. I just want to do what you want to do. I just want to do things that please you. I want I want to make sure that you feel loved today, Holy Spirit. Only these are the ones who can truly be led by the Spirit. The one that says, I just want you to... Verse 6 says, so letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to what? It says death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I mean, I'm I'm just it's it's blowing my mind that these two types of thinking or talks or or even the way he's he's writing this thing it's it's here in this in this in this passage. Those who are those who belong to Christ Jesus are free from condemnation, and yet he's saying that we still have to be you know in uh in in, in controlled by the Spirit. We still have to give our lives to Him. It's like people think that oh, like it just happens. Jesus died for me, and that's it. No, it's like you have to do your part too. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to give up your life. You have to die to yourself and just follow Him. People think that Christianity is oh, open heaven, cool. I, I'm 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 a child of grace, and this and that, which is very true if you follow Him, if you give Him truly your life. I want to make sure this is very clear because this is what the Scripture is telling me. I mean, it's two types of languages, but it's one: surrender. And in surrender, we give. We, no, sorry. He gives us the access to Himself. This is where we have the fullness of Jesus in our Christ. So this, uh, so this is uh, in our lives. Sorry. This, so this is how we live fully in His grace. We just give Him everything, and He is our Father. He's our heavenly Father. But guess what? We're adopted children. We weren't Jews. We aren't Jews. But by His blood. By his sacrifice, I am made an adopted child of God. But that means I have to give up my life as a sinner. And say, Lord, here, take it. And make it yours. Do as you wish. So he says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. I feel like these two messages do not combine in the church anymore these days. No one wants to talk about surrender. No one wants to talk about denying himself. No one wants to talk about this stuff because they just think Jesus did it all for me. He did. But now we have to make sure that we remain in this. Because he has done it all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to ever deny that. But we still have to die to ourselves every single day. And I promise you, it's so worth it. When you're led by the Spirit, oh man, it's completely worth it. I'm going to keep going. Verse 7. Well, I'm going to finish that sentence because um, it says, but letting the Spirit control your mind, I love that, your mind, what you think, leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. It's talking about our old selves. Why we sin, when we sin. It never obeys God. That's why we fall into sin still, because we're still living in our sinful nature. That's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. Remember, it's during the act of sin, during the let go of God himself, and we decide to let the sinful nature uh, guide our lives. And I promise you, this doesn't please God, because I promise you, like I said, what the Spirit wants is not what the flesh wants. 
what the flesh wants. It's not what the spirit wants. So that's why it's always at war against each other. Verse 9 says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. That's what it says. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. See, this is scripture. People don't like to read this. But I promise you, this is scripture. This is why it's super important. Because I want everyone to be convicted as they read for themselves, for their own lives. And to really come to the point like, man, like, you know what? I have to give my life to Christ. Constantly. It's not just one time I'm a Christian. No, it's constant. It's daily. This is why we don't live in the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. And Christ lives within you. So, uh, verse 10. So even though your body will die because of sin, technically, the Spirit gives you life. Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. Now, He's obviously talking to the people who says, I give my life to you. And because of that, He lives within you. And He gives you the power to be resurrected in your physical being. You give life to your mortal body by the same spirit that is living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. This is what it means to be completely surrendered to Jesus Christ. You no longer have the obligation. You're, 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 it's like saying you are free from the power of sin. It's like back then you probably did it because you felt like you had to. Like, oh man, it's the urge or whatever. But now you are free from the power of sin. And you have the choice to fall or not to fall. But this is the amazing part is that with him, he'll lead you into doing right. The moment we let go of his hand, that's when we can easily fall. And we just need to run back to him and just hold on to that hand and say, Lord, take me out of here. Let's go. I don't want to do this again. But hold on to that, that, hand, that hand very tight. Hold on to his hand and say, don't let me go. I don't, I don't want to do this again. He loves you. He wants you. I promise you. Even after you sin, He wants you. But He's just asking, stay here. Please stay with me. I want you to be free from sin. I want you to be free from yourself. Please just stay, remain in me. Man, I love that. He says remain. That's why without me, you can't bear fruit. It's a whole different subject. That's a whole different passage. And, I, and the Lord just went there. But it's only with Him. Remain in me. And, and, you remain, and I will remain in you. And you will bear much fruit. You'll be able to do what I ask you to do. You'll be able to complete my commandments if you if you just remain. You allow me to do all the work. Right? Verse 12 says, um, I just heard that. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through... The power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful. Oh, man, I love that verse. But if through the power of the Spirit, I mean, there's no other power. It's only Him. You are able to destroy the powers of sin within you by the power of the Spirit. You put the deeds of your sinful nature. You will live by the Holy Spirit, by His presence, by just being with Him, by reading His Word, by His Spirit, by Him, by connecting with Him, by what He has done for you on the cross, resurrection, we have the ability to have His, pre His presence and His Spirit within us. And because of this, we have the ability to literally destroy the deeds of sinful nature in our lives. Verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You want to be a, real, a true child of God? Just follow His Spirit. Take His hand and say, Lord, lead me. Because this is the people that look like him. Like a father teaches his son everything. This is why Jesus 
look like his father. This is why he said it went to, um, to Thomas saying, hey, like, you've seen me. I mean, you don't even see the father. You've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the father because we're one. He's just asking the same thing. Let's just be one with him so the world can see him, so we can see ourselves as children. And I remember what he says, just as I and no, he says this to the father, just as you and I are one, let us be one with him. Now we can be true children of God because if we are connected now with Jesus Christ because of what he's done on the cross, we give him our lives and we have intimacy with him every single day. And now we are able to be children of God because he's intimate with his father. So he is like, he, he has, I, I bring them to you. Like he says, like, I, I bring them to you. Those you brought to me, now I bring to you. And now we become children of God because of what he's done on the cross. 15 says, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Again, when we were adopted. Now we call him Abba, Father. For the spirit joins with our spirit. No, sorry. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Again, it's the spirit. It's his spirit. We have to make sure that we understand where this comes from. It's by his spirit, by us denying to ourselves, by us dying our own selves and him giving us a, a new life through his spirit. And it says, for his spirit joins our, our, our spirit to affirm that we are ch God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, again, with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But I love this. I love this verse. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Now, people are probably asking me, why am I talking this way? Man, well, I'm going to be honest with you. For years, I felt like the church has been very sugar-coated. And I felt like the church has been just, you know, Christianity is God loves you and he loves everyone, which is obviously true. But it's like the message of repentance is dying, especially now these days. It's offensive. No one wants to hear it. No one wants to tell me that I'm actually doing wrong. Obviously, there's ways to say things. And I'm reading the scriptures. I'm not just saying you need to repent. I'm saying there's so much more with him. But this is something that's super beautiful. It says that <laughs> if you really want to share his glory, if you really want to share what he is, if you really want to say that you're one with him, if you truly want to share the glory of God, because I feel like, man, I'm going to be completely open. I've been exposed to the Pentecostal church in America and it's the the um the American uh, uh sorry the Pentecostal church because there's also the Hispanic and you know different races a type of Pentecostal churches and the Hispanic church is very different than the American church I promise you but I'm gonna be honest with you with the American church because I've been exposed to this too um and even the Hispanic church a lot um it's interesting how two two worlds are so different but yet um something is is missing. And I believe it's this, the suffering of God. People think God doesn't want me to suffer just because I'm a child. Now, I'm not saying he wants you to suffer. I'm saying just because, like, it's we're one with him now. He said clearly, because I was persecuted, you will be too. I was hated from this world. The world hates me and it will hate you too. This is right before he was crucified. So in other words, he died. That means we do too. If we want to share his glory, 
which is beautiful. And I feel like many people think they're there, but if we haven't suffered like he did, it's impossible to truly share his glory. This is scripture, guys. This is what it's saying. First, uh, verse 17. And since we are his children, <laughs> we are his heirs. And in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. It's like it's in the package. This is Christianity. This is part of the deal. If you want to me, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. This isn't fun. This isn't pretty. I promise you, we'll be okay. We'll have the fullness of God within us always, but there will be suffering. At the moment, there's a lot of people in my church that um, they got sick of COVID. I'm going to end it with this. And I've been speaking about this topic for the past couple of weeks, I think also on the podcasts. But most of all, um, I've been seeing how the Lord really wants us to really manifest His glory this year as a church. But it does require suffering. For example, a lot of people in my church got sick with COVID, including my own brother. And, um, but man... When I got sick from COVID, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this, I probably have or haven't, but I got sick from COVID July last year on my birthday. And many people, you know, um, would have done what I did. And I would say, Lord, why? Why did you do this? Why did you allow this to happen to me? I thought I was your child. I thought I was this or that. And we just go off and off with these doubts and doubts. But God said one thing is that I, I, I nothing separates me from you. Nothing. And that just stuck with me through two weeks of hell. And I'm not kidding. It was pretty bad. Two weeks of just suffering. And I promise you something that because of those two weeks, I have never felt the presence of God so close in my life. Something happens when you start to realize that you are one with God without really seeing him or feeling him. And even more, when you're suffering, when you're sick, when you feel like God's not with you and you feel like, you know, he didn't protect you like, like you think he would have. This is where people lose their faith many times. Many times people lose their faith in this moment. But this is why we need to remain. I wrote a song called Love So Divine. The chorus goes, Your scars cry out, and without a doubt, I am yours and you are mine. This was during, this is actually after I wrote this because of the experience that I had um, when I was sick. It says, because of your scars, your hands and your feet, the nails, your crucifixion, this is what shows me that you're still with me. Nothing separates. And we'll get that, we'll get there to the, uh, the end of chapter 8. Everyone knows this verse too. But I promise you something is that the Lord is with you when you remain in him. When you say, Lord, I know what you've done on the cross for me. So I'm still here for you. I'm still here believing. And I promise you, I did not want to believe. There was a point that I said, you know what? I'm done. But then days go by like, wait, I can't just do that. Like, no, I mean, I experienced God in such an amazing level in my life. I mean, I cannot deny him. But sadly enough, people have. Because something has happened in life that just knocked the faith out of them. That's, that's the purpose of the enemy. He just wants to knock everything out of you. 
but I promise you something. When you are entering a moment of suffering, it is an opportunity to actually experience God's grace even more. You will get out of it. I promise you that that's how faithful he is, but you have to remain. So there's a lot of things that we covered in this, this chapter. But I, I want to end it with this topic, with this um, this message of suffering for Christ. Um, if you guys heard the podcast, the podcast of of last week of the prophecies and Trump and all that stuff, um, you can probably say that I believe that there is some crazy stuff that's about to happen in the United States. But I believe that persecution is coming to the United States. And I'm afraid not everyone's ready for it. I'm afraid that people will deny Christ if it comes down to the point where our life depends on our boldness for Jesus. That's a, it's a matter of life or death. You believe? Sorry, but you got to go. We'll talk about this more probably on Friday, but I promised I was going to talk about prophecies and um, the ability to to into the prophetic realm but we'll see what the lord says for for thursday but anyway i wanted to just make sure that we understand that in the suffering god is doing something beautiful doesn't mean we're always going to suffer obviously not but when it does happen we have to understand that this is still the lord not just to see if we we win the, the race or not no it's just literally he's just inviting us to really experience his presence like never before. And I, I, I've, I've heard this from him so many times. If you're not suffering, if the, if the enemy is not attacking you in any way, shape, or form, then something is wrong. But if the devil attacks you, it's because you're doing something right. Attacks can look different ways. and I mean, that's a whole different subject, but I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, suffering for Jesus is a must. Because he did. Is a student greater than his master? That's his words. So I want to pray before I end this. That one, that we understand how to follow him in every single situation. Because I believe he's actually raising a generation that follows his spirit. Constantly. No longer follows the flesh. The sinful nature. Because that's what he needs in these days to really manifest his glory. But a true reality of a spirit in our lives sometimes requires suffering. So, Father, I pray for this generation. To anyone who is listening, that you, Lord, truly give them the strength to follow constantly. There's only one thing that allows us to follow you. That's you, yourself. It's only the reality of you, Lord. And if they're going through something that's probably nah, it's giving them weaknesses or even it's, it's just a moment of suffering in their lives lord i pray that in these in this season lord that they begin to be strengthened by your spirit not to just see a miracle but to see that you're already there and that is the biggest miracle that anyone can ever see in their lives that you were always there sometimes you're doing this lord because you want us to see your hand in our lives you want to truly humble us and say there's no there's no other way but god that did this. So, Father, I pray that you make this happen in your people tonight. In these days, in these months, whatever happens around us, Lord, we keep our eyes on you constantly. 
And I ask one thing, that you lead us and you take us by your hand. Whatever we do, Lord, we want to just follow you constantly. We want to take your hand and Jesus, just take us wherever you want us to go. Our lives are yours. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. I pray that this blessed you. I love running through Romans. I love reading the scriptures. I didn't get to the whole chapter eight. It is pretty lengthy, so I did have to, you know, uh, cut in half or so. I think it's the half or probably a third of it. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I uh, pray that you guys have a blessed week this week. And um, yeah, that made sense. Blessed week this week. Anyway, yeah, I think... I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys so much for always tuning in. And I pray that he does something amazing. That you encounter him in a fresh new way through the scriptures and through his presence, guys. Guys, thank you so much. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.